ding, ding. Bringing a whole new attitude to your afternoons. And that's the bottom line. Mm, check it out. You know, two dudes talking sports. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Live from News Talk 1480 WHBC. It's a household name. There is no other. There is no equal. I'm all American. They're going to sit. It's the Kenny and JT Show. Have a great show. Sure, come on in and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Kenny and JT Show. Coming to you live from the corner of 6th Market, beautiful downtown Canton. 55 glorious sun-drenched degrees and couldn't be happier to be here with you today. We've got phone lines available for you at 330-450-1480. Now, we're going to start the program with some college hoops because I took it upon myself, and we'll catch up with Kenny here in a minute or so. We're good. Oh, you're in? Yeah, we're good. We're locked and loaded. Oh, Brian didn't, didn't mess Brian, it up all, all together. Brian said he couldn't hear you, so I didn't think you were there. We're going to start right here, though, because you were still probably at Medina High School last night, and I decided to take it upon myself to watch some college hoops, and I'm here to tell you, I'm either the biggest black cat of UConn history or college hoops isn't that good this year. And I, I tend to believe in the second part of that statement because UConn was ranked number one. They had only lost two games this season. They lay an egg last night to a team that's ranked, but, dude, they were drilled. They were down by, like, 22 to 24 points almost the entire game on route to losing, obviously, the number one ranking in an 85-66 upset to the hands of that juggernaut, even though it was only a two-and-a-half-point spread, Creighton. Creighton's a good basketball team, JT. They're a top 25 team, I think a top 15 team. And uh, I mentioned Doug McDermott weeks ago as a guy I'd like to see the Buckeyes go after uh, to be their head coach. And remember this, that's a Big East game, right? So these are two teams that know each other very, very well, and it's a road game. And I didn't know this till after the fact, but UConn has struggled on the road against ranked opponents uh, to the tune of uh, they've lost like 12 uh, games in a row to a, a top 15 well, opponent on the road. So I didn't know that going into the game, and it obviously uh, doesn't matter. Uh, they the stunk yesterday. They stunk. I watched this game, and I'm here to tell you that I thought their big man was going to be something to be dealt with, and he wasn't. And he reminded me of Zach Eady because he really couldn't move that well. And I don't care if they're on the road or not. The only reason they only lost two games, in my opinion, is because talent must be down across the NCAA. But what that tells you is, with March Madness and Selection Sunday about a month away from Sunday, it's going to be a good tournament because, let's face it, what do we like during that tournament? We like upsets. We like close games. We like parity in basketball. Might be one of the reasons why the NBA right now is maybe a, a little bit more appealing than it's been before. A UConn team that had only lost two games, whether you think they play well on the road or not, tells me that they're not a juggernaut when they get blown out by 20 points. Whether you know that team and you know that opponent or not, to me, and I know it's been, what, since 1976 since we'd had an undefeated champion in Indiana and college hoops? Exactly. I'm betting against UConn. I'll take the field. Thank you. Okay, well, yeah, we'll see. I Again, I haven't watched a lot of men's. We've talked about Ooh. this. I've watched more Caitlin Clark than I have of the men's. You told me turn it on last night with four minutes to go. I did. They got it to 10, and then uh, that's when uh, Creighton pulled away and, and posted a, a convincing victory. Um, and here's what I'll say. I go back to the Kansas City Chiefs when they lost to the Las Vegas Raiders. Remember 21-14? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that close, really. That was the wake-up call that, 
you know, this is from Andy Reid. That was the wake-up call we needed. And he thanked Antonio Pierce for it after they won the Super Bowl. They went on after that uh, to win the rest of their game. So uh, I'm not panicking yet. We've seen it. Heck, who was it that just uh, got blown out the other night and then uh, got a big win last? It was Marquette. Marquette got blown out by UConn, and then they come back and get a big win last night. So that tends to be the landscape of college basketball. But what it does do is it does put that little bit of doubt in your mind, right? Uh, Is there a clear-cut favorite, even though they're the defending champs, or is this thing wide open? Mm -hmm. And what I did was I I looked up the the odds, title odds, for the NCAA this year. Here are the, the favorites to win the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, UConn is still the favorite at plus 500, so 5-1 to one odds for UConn. Mm-hmm. Houston and Purdue at 8-1 to one odds. Arizona 12-1 to one odds. Tennessee 13-1. Mm-hmm. to one. Auburn 16 yeah. to 1. Now UNC's at 18 to 1, Duke is 25 to 1, Kentucky, Kansas Blue Bloods 20 to 1. Mm-hmm. So there there's three teams that they really feel have a good chance the odds makers right now in UConn, yeah. Houston and Purdue as the so-called favorites yeah. to win the title. It, it's wide open. I don't believe there truly is a favorite. It, it's a roll of the dice if you want to look at one of these teams and think that they can make it through. Purdue, we've seen in the past, get knocked out in the first round. And from what I saw getting beat by Ohio State, even though it was a great game by the Buckeyes, I don't know if they've got enough firepower to make it through the tournament because we know how tough it really is. And the difference between basketball and football is the fact that teams usually right about now in basketball anyway – You want to be on a roll getting closer to Selection Sunday. I didn't see it from uh, UConn last night, and we sure as heck didn't see it from Purdue. And as far as Marquette is concerned, they play tonight because they're a 27.5-point favorite over DePaul at home. So it's interesting of note that it just, to me, in the past we've always seen teams at this point in time start to run away with it a little bit, Kenny. I don't see it right now. And maybe one of the reasons that we're not focused in on college hoops is the fact that we don't have a clear-cut favorite. And there are so many teams that are piled up together, and it could make for a really good tournament. But as far as having a number one overall consensus one, Purdue got knocked down to number three last week. They're going to have to be number two now, right? Right. I'm not sold on them. I'm not sold on Purdue either with the guard play. I'm sold more on UConn because of the experience and the head coach and their guard play. Houston is one team that I don't know a lot about, but I hear a lot of people talking uh, about. I saw them the other day. They were nice. You know, so uh, you look at this, and um, is it up for grabs? Yes. As we've seen in the recent year, Ohio State lost to a uh, 15 seed a few years ago, right, Mm -hmm. when they were a two seed. Now, Ohio State, unfortunately not known as a basketball school, and that team was Mm -hmm. overrated probably uh, as a two-seed, but that's where they were based on their record. Um, So we're seeing that 14, 15 seeds can Mm -hmm. knock off the two and three seeds now, especially with NIL and kids, uh, you know, uh, transferring and whatnot. I'm curious to see where the Dukes, the Kansases, and the Mm -hmm. Kentuckys end up in all of this, along with North Carolina. Here's what you look for. Forget about what we've known in the past and a good backcourt to win the tournament. What you have to look for now is NBA talent. Is there a kid there that might be a one-and-done? Is there a guy that might be a sophomore? Is there somebody who transferred in that this is going to be their last shot in college basketball? Because i got to tell you, last night I tuned in afterwards, or basically during the same time, the Baylor-BYU game. Why am I watching that? Well, because I had already watched Bonanza. It was a repeat. 
11 versus 25 at Brigham Young, Kenny. When would I ever want to watch a Brigham Young game? I'll tell you when. During the NBA All-Star break because there's no Cavalier basketball. So I'm watching this game, and it was a really entertaining game. Two evenly matched teams, 25 versus 11. Baylor looks good. They get beat 78-71, but they've got a player on that team. I believe his name is Bridges. Had 15 points, not a ton of points, but, dude, this guy could finish at the hoop, and he could shoot occasionally. And when they needed him, he was always there for a bucket. And even though they lose the game last night, that's a, that's a team right there that could get better leading up to the tournament and somebody that could win you a couple of games if you're playing the brackets. I don't know anything about Baylor this year other than what they did a couple of years ago, and that was win the NCAA title. So they yep. do have a coach who's led them to a title uh, just in uh, the last two years, three years. Yeah. So uh, as an 11 seed, obviously, they're considered a, a pretty good team, but they're only 8-5 and five in the Big yeah. 12, yeah. right? So yep. I, 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 I'm I don't at know talent how good alone. that makes them. I'm looking at talent alone because anybody can be ranked. But you've got to be able to get in. If you're number 11 in the country, you're getting into the tournament. And it's a team that's going to be probably seeded fairly decently. When you're number 11 in the country, what does that make you? About a five or a six seed maybe? Uh, the top, you go four, four, and four. So the top four, then five through eight makes them a two seed. And then nine through 12 makes them a three seed. So if you're in the top 12, you're at least a three seed. That's how, that's how it basically breaks okay. down. Your top four teams are all one seeds. That leaves you at number five. Then five, six, seven, and eight are two seeds and right. on down the line. Fair enough. A lot of parity in college hoops. It's going to be a really fun, I believe, tournament because that's what we like to see anyway. Will there be upsets? Maybe not. Maybe because somebody's just ranked higher. That doesn't really necessarily mean it's going to be an upset because everybody's evenly matched. I'm looking at... Um, UConn, they have three losses now. Yep. And and what I always like to do, especially when I don't watch as many games, I go back and evaluate, like you, the starting five, mm-hmm. guard play, size, yeah. but I look to see who they lost to, right? Mm-hmm. UConn's lost to a number five Kansas ranked team, an unranked Seton Hall team who blew them out by 15, mm-hmm. and then last night they lose on the road to a number That's 15 bad. Creighton team. That's so bad. two of their three losses are two top 15 teams. But an unranked team, you get beat by 15. A ranked team, you shouldn't be. When you're number one, in my opinion, you shouldn't get beat by 20. Should you? Hey, you get a quote. Look at Medina last night, man. Medina couldn't throw it in the ocean against Tim DeBevick's Jackson squad, and Jackson blew them well, out last night. And here's what uh, all the coaches from Jackson told me. We played our best game of the year. Mm-hmm. They played arguably their worst game of the year. That's why it was a 20-some right. point deficit. And, and you know what they said? That's basketball. It happens. Yeah, I guess it could. But for me to be a number one ranked team, and I'm not saying, and I haven't looked this up, but I'd be hard-pressed to find teams that have won the national championship in the last couple of years. I'd be shocked if during the season they lost okay. to a common opponent or in-conference opponent by 20. I mean, I can't think of anybody getting beat that bad. Does it happen? I'm sure it does. But to me, again, uh, reiterating the fact that I just don't think there's a clear-cut favorite, it might make for a fun tournament. Yeah, it's going to make, no matter what, because of the brackets, 
it makes it fun, right? At least yeah. we enjoy it from that standpoint uh, that we try and figure out who's going to win it all and win some cash. Because when you're talking baskets and you're talking about teams that are going to get on a roll and teams that aren't, and we just mentioned the fact that we're in the all-star break right now, you start thinking about the Cavaliers. You and I will be doing our program live tomorrow from Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Now, whether or not you feel good about the Cavaliers, the fact remains this, and I'm not going to say they limped into the break, but they were not playing their best basketball. Recharge the batteries. Maybe they come out on fire tomorrow. Who knows? But I have to look at it this way. It sure is better being the Cavaliers today than the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know what's going on with Milwaukee. I heard some interviews with Giannis. Uh, We've heard some of the things that Damian Lillard, he just wins the MVP of the All-Star game in the three-point shooting contest, and he's not happy there. And then their coach comes in, and they get Doc Edwards, And he doesn't want to be there either, it seems like. He made comments that said something, and I'm paraphrasing here, I sure would have liked to have taken this team over after the All-Star break. What's that mean? That means he didn't want to be there, but maybe he had to because his choices of becoming a head coach somewhere are maybe getting slimmer. What's he won? One championship, right? That's it. Yeah, one title with uh, the Celtics when he had, uh, who was it, Kevin Garnett, yes. Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. If you were going to change coaches midstream, now you either, you're either letting Giannis pick that coach, hey, you want to get rid of this guy, or we're, we're thinking about it, what do you think we should do? I mean, I don't understand what the fixation with Doc Rivers would be if you're the ownership of the Milwaukee Bucks to say, things aren't working right, go get a new coach. Can he turn it around? Maybe. But from what I've seen right now, if Damian Lillard doesn't want to be there, and it seemed as though he thought he was going to Miami, and let's remember this. No matter what you feel about Damian Lillard being a player, when you're forced into playing on a team that you may not want to be at, are you going to give it your all? If he wanted to go to South Beach instead of Milwaukee, I mean, if you consider Cleveland a small market, I can't think that Milwaukee's much bigger. I would think you wouldn't want to ruin your reputation because people within the NBA will know if you're not giving it your all. And that could ruin your reputation for the the following season should you want a way out of Milwaukee. Now, did you see what Shaq told him after the All-Star game the other night? No. They brought him up Mm because he was the MVP, right? And, And Shaq... Uh, He was in the middle of all those guys on TNT, and Shaq basically, I'm paraphrasing, said, look, you you can't make any friends the rest of this season on your team. You've got to be a dog. You've got to be an SOB, and you've got to tell those guys on the Bucks that they need to to cut this crap out, and you you have to be a cold-blooded killer and not worry about bruising any egos in that locker room with your teammates. You need to step up and and challenge those guys. Mm -hmm to play better. And then that's basically what Shaq told him. Yeah. And Dame Lillard looked at him like, well, he, I mean, you could tell he was listening and he nodded. Yeah. And, and so let's hey. see if that's what they were waiting for this last push, last 30 no. games when it matters most, if this is a different Bucks team because of that, as well as a new coach. Well, look, man, obviously this is much different than playing with CJ McCollum. And I'm sure there are other players at Portland that were good, but for the most part, he's your leader. Now you're forced into a situation where you're playing with arguably the best player in the world in Giannis, right? Yep. I mean, he's got to be top five. And now all of a sudden, your second fiddle 
You might not like it. You may not want to be there. And we don't know how that's going to pan out. And when you're forced into a situation because you were traded there, it makes you wonder whether or not that guy wants to be there. I told you yesterday, Stephen A. Smith made a comment on first take that said, he doesn't believe Donovan Mitchell wants to be a Cavalier. It's just a matter of time before he ends up in New York with the Knicks. And when you think about it, not knowing what's going through the mind of Donovan Mitchell, and we know we've got him locked up through next season, the idea is the fact that he didn't come here on his own. He was traded here. So at the end of the day, you wouldn't be surprised if maybe he doesn't want to be here. But if you build a winner and it's something you're comfortable in, look what happened to Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez could have been playing baseball anywhere in the world right now. He chose to stay in Cleveland. Why? He likes it here. Likes his teammates. He likes the team. He likes the ownership. He likes the management. How he can like that ownership is your guess as good as mine. But when when you're forced into a situation, it might bode well for that player now, but when he gets the opportunity, he's going to take off. I, I hope Donovan Mitchell stays. He's the best thing they have going for them. Uh, Evan Mobley is supposed to emerge as the second best player, not Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, based on where they were drafted, right, and and Mm -hmm. what the expectations are. So from that standpoint, uh, they need Donovan Mitchell to be that guy, and they need to do enough to convince him Mm -hmm. to stay like somehow, someway, Jose Ramirez stayed with the Cleveland Guardians. That's what winning does, and when you're number two in the East, let's see what happens the next 29 games as we call it the second half of the season and see how the Cavaliers respond. Like I said, kind of limping in. I don't know what else to call it. They didn't play their best basketball in the first half the last week or so of the season before the All-Star break. You agree with that? The last two games, yes. The, the last two games, I don't think they were they were very good, and they were lucky to win the Chicago game. So, yeah, they're, they're tired, coming no. off the road trip, whatever it was. You hope the batteries are recharged, mm-hmm. and we're going to be there. We'll see tomorrow in right. person, right? We're doing our show there before the game and then staying for the game tomorrow night. That's why I think it's so important to be at that first game of the uh, second half because we're yeah. going to see how they fire off after the break. And, you know, there was another game. We were there, what, two weeks ago. They didn't play great against Detroit, one of the worst teams in all the right. NBA. So it's they, interesting. They, did enough to get the win, right? And so, and this is a game that's mm-hmm. scary. You ask a lot of people around the mm-hmm. NBA, when are you most worried going into the All-Star right. break and that first game out of the All-Star break are, are concerning games. Right, and the good news is this. We're not sitting here today, one day before the first game of the second half, talking about any one of our star players or the coach, which I think is a good thing. We got a call to get to here? What we will talk about is our Giannino's proper parlay bet of the week and we've got our winner on line one tj tell us about last night hey how you doing uh last night well it was it was to bed before anything even kicked off but i did happen to stumble up about three in the morning and check my phone (laughs) so i was thrilled i want to thank you guys for dinner this weekend Let me reset this. Let me reset it real quick, TJ, because every Tuesday we play a thing called our Giannino's Pizzeria Proper Parlay Bet of the Week. Kenny and I choose a game, figure out which way we would probably wager on it, and we give a caller a chance to call in, take our wager, and see if we're right, you'll win a $25 gift certificate to Giannino's. So what we did yesterday was we picked a Columbus Blue Jackets game on the left coast taking on the L.A. Kings. The, the, the Blue Jackets are a heavy underdog, so we took the Kings, and we took the over-under seven goals scored. TJ, what was the final score of that game last night? Five to one. 
We got the under. We were even going to give you a push should it hit to seven points, right? And it didn't even get earned seven goals. It didn't get the seven. It stayed under the seven at six. And the Blue Jackets lose. That makes you a winner. So when Columbus loses, TJ's a winner. How's that sound? I want you to know that's the only time this year I've actually checked a, <laughs> a hockey score on my app. So it, it might be a long time until I check it again. But I, I want you guys to know it was probably early December. I had won a, a Gene Eno's uh, parlay thing. I never had Gene Eno's pizza. And I'll tell you what, my wife and I are hooked on that stuff. It's awesome, isn't it? Made fresh. It, All the ingredients fresh. It's outstanding. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's, it's one of the best pizzas we've had. Good. So. It's very addictive. That in their salad dressing, uh, TJ. Very <laughs> hey, TJ, addictive. What else did you do at 3 a.m. this morning? Uh, well, my normal get up. You and me both, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Repeat what you were saying. That's what you do when you get to be what age? Well, I'm in my late 60s. Thank so you. I, I used to be able to sleep eight hours without a hitch. <laughs> But those days are gone. So. Well, TJ, if I get four hours in a row, yeah. I'm happy. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm still above ground, so I, I can't complain. Every so. day is a good day, TJ. Thanks for the call, brother. We appreciate hey, God, it. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you, and enjoy that. Ryan. Well, that's it. I, hey, let's be honest. At our up, age, that's what happens. You wake up in the middle of the night thinking about two things, going to the bathroom and pizza. <laughs> I love that he got up, and while he got up having to go to the bathroom, he remembered, hey, let me check my phone it's to awesome. see what the score was out in uh, uh, Los Angeles um, and uh, see if I won or lost the pizza. And I'm sure he went to sleep a lot quicker knowing yeah. he was a victor. I do that all the time, man. But I usually don't have anything on. I don't have any juice on the game, right? And especially yeah. on this game. I'd love to stay up late and watch a, a Blue Jackets hockey game, but a couple of things are wrong with that right now. A, they stink, and B, that's a late game. If that it game is. starts at 1030, Kenny, what time's it over? Well, minimum midnight. Uh, no, 1230 minimum, okay? More like 1 o'clock or 115. If it goes to wow. uh, overtime and then the shootout, you're looking at at least 130, Unreal. right? I mean, because you got 20-minute periods, that's – uh, an hour, 20-minute breaks, an uh, hour and 40 minutes, right. and you add in you know, all, all the other stoppages and whatnot. Have you done any in-game wagering on hockey this year? I have not. I, here's what, um, because I'm doing AHL hockey, I, you know what? I'm Stay not going to take that chance. I'm staying away from uh, wagering okay. on hockey. Have you studied it at all? Because during a game, I have not. during a football game, you can do in-game wagering. Doesn't yep. have to be at halftime. You know, it used okay. to be the only thing you could do at halftime, but the second half total or whatever, and maybe, you know, whoever's, you know, whatever the spread is at halftime. But now your in-game wagering during a football game is different. I'm wondering in NHL if there's in-game wagering, what you'd be able to wager on unless it's an intermission. I got to believe you could wager on the over-under. They adjust it as during, the game goes on. During the time? Yeah, during the game. Oh, yeah. Huh. Let's say it's 2 nothing. At the end of the first period, well, let's see. Uh, then in the over-under before the game was five. While well, they've scored two goals, uh, we're going to bump that up to six and a half. Do you want to take the over or the under in-game? I've got to okay. believe some of the apps do that. Right. I don't know if all of them what do. What I need you to do is break with your tradition now because you're doing the A. But we've got some <laughs> games tonight. I need you to check this out and see if you can wager during the game. Just see if you can place one. Here's your games tonight. Ready? 
Uh, okay, yeah. Buffalo Sabres and Montreal. The, the oh, the Canadiens. My cousins. The Montreal Canadiens. They call them the Haps. I don't know why. The Habs, yes. Habs. Uh, yeah. Flyers at Blackhawks. Chicago, they're terrible. Toronto Maple Leafs at Arizona Coyotes. Bruins yeah. at Edmonton Oilers. That's the These are late games, man. Toronto, Arizona at 10. Boston, Edmonton at 10. And then Blue Jackets again tonight. Anaheim Ducks. Yes, I will not wager on these tonight, but I will look on my right. app to see if there, uh, you know, if there is in-game adjustment wagering is what they call it. I think it. we should call TJ back and have him see if we can go double or nothing on the Blue Jackets tonight. No, man, he's going to get that pizza tonight. <laughs> he's getting up at 3.30 and checking the score. He All wants right. that pizza All right. now. Then before we go to break, TJ, when you wake up tonight at 3 a.m., will you do us a favor? Call us tomorrow at 3 o'clock and let us know if the Columbus Blue Jackets covered. <laughs> We'll get a break in right now. When we come back, we're going to talk some Guardians baseball. Our good buddy Jensen Lewis, who does a fabulous job covering the team that he pitched for back in the late 2000s. He'll join us to break down spring training with the guards next. It's Kenny and JT on WHBC.